Hey, everybody. This is Matt, host of Giant Electric Penguin, the podcast. This is the podcast that we call Giant Electric Penguin. This is episode 18. And happy Memorial Day. This is the big Memorial Day special. Of course, Memorial Day, for those of you who don't know, that's the day we here in America honor our fallen military heroes. And I won't be doing a show in which I make jokes about that because that's it's no joking matter. We honor our soldiers. We salute them today. We say thank you. We memorialize you today. And we get the day off of work, some of us. So I thought, uh, you know, and some of us have cookouts. Some of us grill up some burgers, some hot dogs. And what better way to celebrate Memorial Day than to put out an extra long giant electric penguin episode that you can listen to while you and your friends sit around eating your burgers and your hot dogs, your your cauliflower steaks for my vegan listeners, your your broccoli burgers. Uh, no, I don't, I don't um, not poking fun. I love a good veggie burger. I haven't had the Beyond, I haven't had the Beyond burger, but I have had Beyond meatballs. I'm going to tell you, they, they, they blew me away. They shot me beyond the stars. I would eat Beyond Meatballs for every meal if I could. But alas, sometimes I need something different than food in ball form. <laughs> food in ball form is great, be it a meatball or Beyond Meatball. Not a not a aforementioned cauliflower ball. I can't stand cauliflower. I've seen people make cauliflower steaks, and the idea does interest me. Like, if you could serve me a, a piece of cauliflower that was prepared like a steak, and I'm not saying steaks are the end-all, be-all for us meat-eaters. You might think steaks are the best. My fellow meat-eaters out there might be like, steaks, when it comes to being a gross, disgusting meat-eater, uh, give me a steak, a nice bloody steak. That's what I want. And I do like steak. I'm not going to lie. But it's not like... I'm never like craving a steak. And I'll tell you, I've been to a steakhouse. That's right. I've got, <laughs> I've had $50 before. <laughs> uh, I've been to a steakhouse and uh, every time I've been, I've been more than once. I just gave it away. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to flex, but I've been to, uh, I've been to steakhouses many times. And uh, the number of times I've gotten a steak at a steakhouse, I can count on one hand because they prepared it terribly and I sent it back to the kitchen. So, and I'm not the guy that complains. I'm really not a complainer at a restaurant. I go with the flow unless something has gone terribly wrong. And I've got to tell you, the time I got a steak at a steakhouse, I just broke down. I was like, you know what? I mean, it's called a steakhouse. I may as well get the uh, the top seller, the top of the menu, the steak. And it was a horrible mistake. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, the Memorial Day episode is already off the rails. Who would want to listen to a longer version of this? Anyway, uh, happy Memorial Day. I hope if you served in the military, I thank you for your service. Uh, and if you have the day off of work, hey, welcome into the pod. And if you just maybe you took the day off of work uh, because you got invited to a really exciting vegan or or mixed group barbecue or whatever you do on Memorial Day. Maybe you go to the movies. I don't know. Don't listen to this in the movies. That's rude. Anyway, we welcome into episode 18, I think. 
In episode 16, we inducted some new members into the illustrious Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame. One of those inductees was me, which was a little embarrassing and a little offensive. Uh, that wasn't the original plan, I should add. That was kind of slipped in under my personal radar. I think I think we're on good I think we're on good terms now, me and Iowa. Last I heard, they're not they're not pissed off at me anymore. But I, truly, there was another inductee into the Hall of Shame. So right at the top of the episode, just to get this out of the way, uh, before it was me, it was supposed to be the Daily Mail, uh, specifically for thinking that the the following article was something that needed to be published, and that article. The headline reads, man, 30, dies with ping pong ball up his bum after being electrocuted while pleasuring himself. This, according to the Daily Mail uh, from one of the health reporters, Emily Stern, this is an exclusive. The man was electrocuted by an electrical massage device. Medics also found an object around nine centimeters in length lodged in his rectum. For some reason, the Daily Mail thought this was a story we all needed to hear. And uh, since that's what they thought, I'm going to read it right now. A man died with a ping pong ball in his bottom after being electrocuted while pleasuring himself. The single 30-year-old from the Czech Republic who lived at home with his parents was found dead on the floor of his bedroom by firefighters who were forced to kick his door down. Now, let me just jump out in front of this at the very beginning before we move on any further. They don't ever share this man's name, which, thank God. But they are going to tell you every single personal detail about his life. He was, he was single. Without, he was, he, no one loved him <laughs> except his parents who he lived, who he lived at home with. And, uh, you know, already we know that uh, there was a ping pong ball up his ass. And we've been promised something else will be found lodged up his ass as well. So the Daily Mail definitely wants you to know what a loser this individual is. But we're not we're going to at least let him have his dignity and not share his name. Again, I question why this story ever needed to be told. But maybe maybe they justify it. Let's find out. Well, here's a little bit more about the man. This is from the Daily Mail. He was wearing a one-piece women's swimsuit and had tightly wrapped his legs, trunk, and neck in straps of plastic and fabric. So he's a loser and he's a pervert. Thank you, Daily Mail. Thank you for besmirching this man. Is besmirching the right word? <laughs> his concerned parents sought help after he failed to open his locked door, despite them knocking for a long time. Doctors revealed in a report outlining the unusual circumstances of his death. Who are these doctors? Why are they revealing this to the Daily News? Or the Daily Mail, sorry. Police found an electric massage device laying next to the unidentified man's body, which was still connected to the mains. I, maybe, I guess maybe that means the wall. You know, Daily Mail is out of uh, the UK, so they use a lot of, they use a lot of crazy words. 
Tests showed the one-handed device, which had signs of wear, had malfunctioned while plugged in. All right, now, now we know he used it a lot. So he's a lonely loser who wears women's clothing and uses a hand mas- or uses some sort of massager on his genitals a lot because there's a lot of wear on it. The, the Daily Mail hates this guy. Burns on the man's skin inches above his penis correspond with the outer shape of the massage device's head. As such, his death was ruled to be down to accidental electrocution to autoerotic manipulation. An autopsy carried out 48 hours after his death revealed a strange foreign body in his intestine, too. Publishing details about the man's case in the journal Legal Medicine, shame on them as well, doctors from University Hospital Hradik Kralov in the north of the Czech Republic said, It was a fancy condom, I wonder what that is, in a plastic translucent box, onto which a label was fixed with the victim's first name marked with a black inscription. What? It measured around five and a half centimeters. Another object around nine centimeters in length was lodged in his rectum. That, doctors said, was a round plastic cylinder onto which a ping pong ball fixed with plastic wrap was placed. This is an elaborate collection of items shoved up this poor man's butt. Well, there's more to the story, but I think I've made my point. I'm not exactly sure why this story needed to be told. Maybe there's an epidemic of people in the Czech Republic shoving things up their ass. What it really sounds like is, you know, if you're if you're 30 years old and you're living at home with your parents and you're prone to masturbating with a massager, you know what? Try to once in a while try to update that massager. Maybe maybe go buy yourself a new one because eventually you could wear it down to where it becomes kind of a a, a tortured death device. But uh anyway, the Daily Mail you're inducted into the Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame for thinking the world needed to hear the story of the nameless Czech man who electrocuted himself while masturbating with several items shoved up his ass. I think you're going to start seeing more and more of that kind of thing in the United States if we keep taking sex ed out of the schools. All right, it's time for the meme report. Damn, the meme report theme is hot. Anyway, they brought it with that one. Anyway, a quick quick report on some memes. One, uh, nobody has done what I asked and left the minions out of their memes. I, I have been just flooded with minion memes. I'm just drowning in, in minion memes, and it makes me sick. And you know what also, what, what, I, what I also said was leave Grogu out of it. Like, right after I said that, honestly, I, I got onto Reddit. It was just like, oh, it's, it's you know, it's bedtime. I like to I like to scoot around Reddit, see what's going on. Immediately, just immediately inundated with nonstop Grogu memes. It's like somebody heard the podcast 
and was just like, I got to get out there and make Grogu memes just to piss this 40-something-year-old man off. But um, shame on you. Shame on you all. You all have plaques coming to you for the Hall of Shame. But that's not what I want to talk about today. That's not the meme report. I want to talk about two memes that I recently became aware of. The first one is straight out of Italia. Is that offensive? It's an Italian meme, uh, which by which I mean it's in uh, Italian. And I did do a translation of what the meme actually says. And it's not that part of it that I have a problem with. The meme says... It says this in Italian, but I've translated it. It says, the problem is that we are looking for someone with whom to grow old together, while the secret is to find someone with whom to stay children. Not a, not a terrible message. It's good to stay young, young at heart. Um, so the message isn't the problem. W what the issue is, is the accompanying picture. And for once, it's not it's not the Minions and it isn't Grogu, but it's an another beloved intellectual property. It's the Peanuts. And I know a lot of my listeners out there just love love the Peanuts. I've never been a huge Peanuts fan. You, you, you can't go wrong with Snoopy and Woodstock. Uh, they're, pretty, they're pretty great. But uh, the rest of the Peanuts, eh, I could take or leave them. But they are a beloved part of American pop culture. And when I see them in something, I don't... You know, I don't expect to be turned off. And I, this this is very distressing. And I'm going to post a picture of this meme on the uh, on the Instagram, which is Giant Pengy Podcast on Instagram, if you want to check out pictures of the stuff we talk about and other little treats. I don't know. But I'm going to post this meme so you can see this picture. But I am going to describe it. So you have Charlie Brown. who You all know Charlie Brown. And he's laying on his stomach. And then Lucy is is on his back. She's sitting on his back, and she's kind of raising him up. So he's kind of like, you know, like, you know when you see a picture of a cute little baby seal chilling out on the beach or something? Uh, it's, he's kind of like in a seal position. His feet are behind him. He's raised up. Only he looks to be like he's in distress. Or <laughs> he's either in distress or he's in a state of just pure orgasmic joy. And... Lucy is holding him up by the throat, so she's kind of cutting off his airwave, airways, and uh, and then in front of Chuck is his his longtime crush, the little redhead girl, and she is seated in front of Charlie Brown, and she is on her back, and she is pulling her dress up, but she is shoving her feet into Charlie Brown's face. His 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 face is shoved into her feet. And I don't know what the, what this is. <laughs> um, <laughs> my my fear, my fear, is that it's something very sexual. Now, if this were being played out by, I don't know, three adults, maybe I'd be like, oh, those are just three adults enjoying themselves. But these are these are the beloved Charles Schultz peanuts, the little the little brats we we enjoy watching every Christmas and Halloween and Thanksgiving. They've got so many holidays covered the peanuts, but here here they are enjoying enjoying kinky kinky sex, not even sex, just kinky sex games. 
sex adjacent games, foot fetishes and, and, and uh, female domination. And none of it's bad. None of that is bad. But it, it is when it involves, I, I'm, I'm looking beyond the fact that the peanuts are, are children. I mean, technically aren't the peanuts, wouldn't they be like in their hundreds now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't follow peanuts lore. You can write to me at giantpengypodcast at gmail.com. Let me, let me know how old the peanuts would be at this point. Maybe that's something I should have researched. But the peanuts I'm looking at, they're three children engaged in some sort of horseplay that would certainly get them sent to the principal's office if it was done on the school playground during recess. All right, so that's that meme. Another uh, meme that kind of jumped out at me and, and uh, made me think, in fact, the, t- the top of it says, just think about this. It posits that all things from Satan, our old pal Satan, you know, he's a friend of the show. All things from Satan are payable. Payable, Okay. While all things from God are free. And the, the final message here is, uh, all things from God are free. Then why, then why people are paying for hell while paradise is free? Think twice. Repent. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So there, so there you have it. That's, that's the meme. The, 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 the good part, though, I've, I've saved for last. Because there is a list of all the things that are evil and of Satan that we have to pay for. And then there's a list of all the things that, uh, that are from God that are godly and therefore free. So you've got to think, well, here's all the things I pay for. Why am I paying for these things when these other things are absolutely hundred percent free? So let's go through that list of things. Uh, first let's go through the things that are from Satan and therefore payable or rather in this sense, things that we are, we are paying for. So all man-made things, we have to pay for those. And that's, that's true when you think about man-made things, like the house I'm recording this in and the desk I'm sitting at and the books on the bookshelf behind me and, you know, everything I'm kind of looking at, I paid for uh, in this room. So that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, I never thought of, I never thought of like my computer or, you know, my house or the car I drive as being from Satan. But those are things, those are man-made things, and I did pay for them. Uh, cigarette. That's true, we do pay for cigarette. Alcohol and liquor, evil, and we have to pay for it. Nightclub entrance, you do have to pay to get into a nightclub, as far as I know. I, I don't really go to nightclubs, but I've heard there's usually a cover charge. Drugs, well, you definitely have to pay for drugs. Uh, illegal or legal drugs. Sex and prostitution. Well, I, I got a little, a little bit of bone to pick there with the, with the memester who made this. Prostitution, certainly. I mean, that's the definition. You're paying for sex. Sex in general, though, I mean, you could be some weird uh, men's rights, weird misogynist Andrew Tate, son of a bitch, and, and think like, oh, yeah, all sex is paid for, but, 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 you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, sex, if, you, if, you're, if you're in a relationship or you're married... Or you're just, you know, you're just all into it in the, uh, in the retirement home. Uh, you know, sex doesn't cost nothing. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know about that one, but okay. So the internet, well, yeah, we pay for the internet. And I, I know what they're trying to say there. There's, there's some th- certain things on the internet that are not, not savory. Uh, let's see. Witchcraft. 
yeah, I guess if you're going to put together a, a love potion, you got to you got to pay for some items. I don't know, some what are what's in a standard love potion? I guess it seems like it's always like sometimes like feathers and and fur from animals. You can probably find that for free. Anyway, sinful lifestyle. Well, yeah, you're going to you're going to pay for that one cuz you know, it, you your sinful lifestyle is going to include your drugs, uh multiple nightclub entrance fees, alcohol and liquor, cigarette I mean, that's part of a sinful lifestyle, a cigarette. Oh, and definitely uh, all kinds of entertainments. Uh, let's see. All worldly enjoyments you have to pay for. In including including going to see a movie or going out to eat, which is going out to eat. Very evil. <laughs> Sin. Uh, let's see. Sinful pleasures. Sure. Evil powers. I've never heard of someone getting evil powers for free. And hell entrance. Apparently, to get into hell, you will have to uh, pay something. I don't, I don't know how this person knows that. But apparently, if you're planning on going to hell, you better save a couple bucks. I don't know if they take cards. They might just be cash. Now, here are, here are all the things from God. And these are free. Okay? Nature. Nature's free. I'm looking out my window right now. What do I see? I see beautiful uh, trees blowing in the breeze. I see this disgusting uh, retention pond, which I don't understand what I don't understand what this is supposed to be. Like I, I keep thinking that it's going to be a pond. They've made a walking path around it and everything, and I, I thought it was supposed to be like a delightful little pond you could walk around when you, when you take your your nightly stroll. But it it just fills up whenever it rains, and then it all drains out. And right now, it's just a patch of mud with weeds growing out of it. But that's some beautiful free nature. I think some of the state parks you have to you have to pay to get into. I think breath of life free. Well, that's true. All of us who are currently living uh, that we didn't have to pay for it, or if, if we did, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't really remember a lot about when I was born. I, I don't remember the doctor hitting me up for a for an entrance fee into this life. Uh, light, yeah, light's free. I mean, the s sunlight. You know, pay the bills. Got to pay the power bill to have electricity in my house. So, therefore, electricity evil. Water from Earth. It's true. It's free. All that weird muddy water in the retention pond. I can go out there. I can start. I can splash around in it. I can slurp slurp it up. For sustenance, it's free. It's free to me. The grace of God, it's free. So is the love of God. And so is healing from God. Redemption of sin, deliverance, the Holy Spirit. That's all free. Church entrance is free, except I seem to remember they're always passing plates all around to get money from you. But okay, it's free, whatever. Salvation from God is free. That's that's good. Eternal life, it's totally free. In heaven, you get in free. I don't know why anyone would, 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 would go to hell when you have to pay and you just get into heaven for free. Anyway, that's that meme and it's dumb as hell. So I thought, it, I thought I'd share that as well. But uh, that is what we like to call here on the podcast, the meme report. Finally time. I've been asking you to send questions to our email address, giantpengipodcast at gmail.com. I've been asking for anonymous questions on 
Instagram, and it's time to answer some of them, not all of them. So if you don't hear yours answered in this episode, trust me, down the line, you're going to hear it answered. But let's do some, uh, for the Memorial Day episode, let's answer some questions. Here we go. First question is, favorite show right now? I may have mentioned it in a previous episode, but I just finished watching this this most recent season of The Mandalorian, and I thought it was really great. I thought uh, Grogu uh, is is definitely at his at the height of his cuteness. And uh, sorry, haters, but uh, the episode with Jack Black and Lizzo as the king and queen of that like uh, planet where everybody kind of just lives their lives and the and the robots run everything. Uh, I liked it. I like those two actors. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I can't remember a more enjoyable thing than watching Grogu flip over the table into Lizzo's arms. I thought that was adorable. I loved it. I watched that scene three times, and I showed it to my daughter, and we watched it three more times. So uh, The Mandalorian is a great show, and I really liked the last season. Uh, While I was recording uh, this episode, my uh, wife sent me a text and said uh, a text about a uh, a docu-series coming to Amazon about the Duggars and uh, I'm anticipating that is going to be my new favorite show it's called Shiny Happy People Duggar Family Secrets I don't know if I love that title but man a great uh, a great docu-series taken down the Duggars I that is that has my name written all over it I'm I'm very excited for that but to be honest with you really as far as favorite show right now that's on, I don't really know because I don't I don't really watch much television right now. Uh, I'm not being that guy who says, "Well, I don't even own a TV." No, I own several TVs, and I'm seated in front of them uh, most of the time. But I watch I mostly watch YouTube right now, and then and then the show Catfish. Those are like the two things I watch more than anything else. The fact that I sat down and watched the entire season of The Mandalorian, Mandalorian is is a rarity right now in my life. I don't know why. I like I go through stages. You know, I'll go through a TV stage. I'll go through a movie stage. I'll go through a stage where I do nothing but read, and it just cycles. And so right now it's a lot of uh, YouTube content. I'm I'm watching this guy. His uh, channel is called Wavy Web Surf. He does a lot of kind of I guess you could call them little documentaries, mini documentaries about internet culture. You know, he'll do a lot of videos about different YouTubers, usually ones that have had sort of, you know, a downfall. And, you know, he'll, he'll explore certain memes, like where they came from, things like that. Uh, he does he does a lot of interesting stuff about the internet, and he's, he's good at it, and he's entertaining. So Wavy Web Surf is basically a... a like moving through his videos right now. Uh, some shows I do want to watch that are on my list. Uh, Andor, I want to finally watch. I watched the first 10 minutes of the first episode and I liked it. And But then I had to take my daughter to a birthday party and I just haven't gone back to watching it. I want to watch Beef. I heard that's good. And uh, definitely want to watch more of the adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 because that, that is some quality that is some quality. <laughs> when I want to see how many more lip-syncing pop stars show up on on that one. Could I perhaps have a 
perhaps hold the baby, please? He doesn't take kindly to strangers. Here's a good one. What movies, books, TV shows help to shape your moral code as a kid? Right when I read that question, my mind went to the books of Beverly Cleary. I don't know if you've ever read any of her books. They're very wholesome. What, what do you got? You got Ramona the Pest, Henry Huggins, Ribsy, Beezus and Ramona, uh, The Mouse and the Motorcycle. They're very wholesome books, but I was obsessed with those as you know, in elementary school and in middle school. I, I think I owned most of them. But yeah, Beverly Cleary for sure. And then as far as movies, I mean, I saw every Disney movie that came down the pipe. Is it pipe or is it pike? Uh, but, but, you know, the, you know, and the, so Disney movies, Beverly Cleary and I, you know, I grew up in church and I, and I think that I was, I was pretty good, pretty savvy when it came to kind of separating the useful stuff in church from the kind of useless stuff. So yeah, a combination of Beverly Cleary, Disney and church. No, here we go. Now this, this is a question. This is a question for the Memorial Day episode. Your go-to hamburger toppings. All right, here we go. Actually, it's not very exciting. If I'm at a cookout and it's like make your own burger, I'm going tomato, pickle, onion, cheese. I'll go American cheese. If you got cheddar, I'd like that too. Or like that, you know, American or cheddar, it's fine. Uh, Ketchup and mustard. I mean, that's just standard barbecue fare. Uh, if I'm, if I'm at a restaurant and I'm getting a burger, if I'm ordering like a specialty burger, you know, cause there's, you know, there's places where it's like, this is the big Western burger or the fat boy burger or whatever. I'll eat whatever you, you put on it. I'm not going to ask for substitutions or for you to take stuff off. You've created this burger. Whoever, whoever the, the chef has created this burger, this is how they want it consumed. That's how I want to experience it. Now, the only thing I will say is I'll usually add ketchup. That's a go-to for any burger I have. Even if it's like, it comes with a special aioli. It comes with a special sauce that only that only this chef knows how to make. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's great. That's cool. I'm going to throw some ketchup on there too. Because inevitably, anytime there's a special sauce or whatever, they don't ever put enough on the burger. So I like to substitute any, or not, not substitute. I like to... Um, I don't know. Some of you might not agree that enhance is the right word. The right word's not coming to me, but sometimes I just want to supplement uh, a specialty burger, which is just a splash of ketchup. Let's just throw a splash on there. Uh, there's a restaurant here in the South. It's in North Carolina, but I think it's in other places too called Cookout. And they have a, uh, you, you can get a burger there. You can get it in, the, in like, a, I think it's called steak style, I think. Uh, and that comes with cooked onions and A1 sauce. And I really do like that. That's that's cookout, though. When I go to cookout, I'm getting that A1 and cooked onions. They never put enough A1 on there, though, ever. And you, you're probably saying, well, Matt, you could ask him to put extra A1. Uh, and yeah, I could. And fuck you. Maybe I will next time. <laughs> Another thing is I don't like a bunch of like other kinds of meat on a burger. Like if it's like uh, get our burger, this comes with uh, comes covered in brisket or you got a burger and then there's a uh, then there's a piece of fried pork on there. I'm I'm going to skip that. The only meat I'll allow on on a burger is bacon. I'll bacon I'll make an exception for, but 
if it's some kind of weird brisket burger, and I, I got not not that this is the greatest place to get burgers. In fact, I I do not, as a general rule, this might surprise some people out there um, on both sides. Really, I don't like Hardee's. Now that might surprise some of you who who just imagine. Well, Matt's a big fat guy who loves fast food. He must love a good sloppy Hardee's burger. And then this is going to surprise the, those of you that know that I hate Hardee's. Actually, went to Hardee's very recently. Well, it was when the last Jurassic Park movie was out. They had they had some sort of burger that also had brisket in quotations uh, slapped on it. It was like this is a this is a burger fit for a Velociraptor or some such shit. For some reason, I didn't even see the last Jurassic Park movie. Is it any good? I heard it's terrible, but but I, I haven't seen it. But for some reason, th these commercials and this burger got in my head. It was like yeah yeah I want to. I want to eat a burger that a Velociraptor would enjoy. And as, like I said, that rule about meat on meat, it's, it's not like, I, it's not a new thing. That's just been my thing. Uh, I don't like it. And I went there and like, come on, brisket at Hardee's. It, it ain't, it ain't going to be great anyway. So, you know, obviously, but I get this Hardee's Velociraptor burger or whatever the hell it was. And uh, one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever put in my mouth. It was terrible. Just absolutely terrible. So as a rule... Don't put other kinds of meat on my hamburger meat. If it's bacon, it's fine. And my ultimate rule is uh, don't put mac and cheese on it. You know, there was a big time, a big time. There was a time, it could have been big, I don't know. But during that time, it was it was uh, a big deal. Everybody was throwing mac and cheese on top of everything. Come and get, come get this burger. It's covered in mac and cheese. I feel like Disney World's always like, covering foot-long hot dogs with mac and cheese. It's like, oh, here, here's a here's a basket of tater tots. Yum, covered in mac and cheese. Oh, you ruined it. You ruined it, Disney. Uh, stop throwing mac and cheese on things. One, I'm kind of over mac and cheese at this point. Who, and who, what red-blooded American person wants to say that they're over mac and cheese? Just ma macaroni and cheese oversaturated in the marketplace. They were they were shoving it on everything. When you're shoving pasta between two buns, you got a that you got a real problem. In fact, you can go ahead and shove all that mac and cheese between your two buns, you son of a bitch. All right. Anyway, hamburger. That's my hamburger thoughts. You're welcome. What is your worst personality characteristic? I would definitely say that my default setting is lazy. So my laziness, and uh, I'm huge procrastinator. So, favorite non-cola beverage? Well, as I have previously stated on this podcast, I recently quit drinking cola slash soft drinks slash pop for my Michigan listeners. So, my favorite um, non-cola beverage is uh, coffee. I'm coffee fiend. I love it. I drink coffee all day long. And... Uh, you know, during the course of this recording, I've already had like four cups of coffee. <laughs> what time do you usually go to bed? Why? Why do you need to know that? Who asked that question? These are all anonymous, unfortunately. I want to know what weird pervert asked what time I go to bed. Typically, weeknights, 11 p.m. Uh, on on Friday, uh, Friday nights, sometimes it depends. I try to, on Friday nights, I try to, for some reason, 
put myself through this endurance test where I try to watch like a double feature, like two movies. Uh, recently, I've been able to make it through maybe half of one movie. <laughs> and uh, it just depends. Uh, but 11 o'clock, I think if you averaged it all out, it'd be at 11 o'clock. But again, I want to know why you ask that anonymous person. Is that, is it, you want to peek in my windows? Is that is that it? You want to peek in and watch me sleep? Hmm. Creep. How much do you tip a bad waiter? Personally, I tip a bad waiter the same as I tip a good waiter. Typically, any problems you experience at a restaurant, or in my experience, uh, usually isn't the server's fault. So, I mean, 20%, right? That's the standard. That's That's what we do. That's what this family does. And uh, let, I'll answer one more. You have a talent for music. Well, well, thank you. Any new songs in your pipeline? Is it pipeline or is it pikeline? Uh, so this is obviously someone who knows me. Uh, years ago, it seems like uh, it seems like millions of years ago, but uh, it was you know when I was sort of at a place in my life where I was lost and and I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't know what the next stage of my life was going to be. Uh, during that time, I wrote and recorded a lot of songs under the under the name The Not Happies. My friend uh, and roommate, we both would record songs and say, these are not happy songs. But as far as like being a, a band that played on the reg, we, we were not. We were just two guys in our bedrooms recording songs and, you know, we'd, we'd trade <laughs> CDs We'd burn the songs on CD and like go, I'd, I'd open my bedroom door and then his bedroom door was right there and I'd knock on it like, want to hear my new songs? And he'd be like, only if you want to hear mine. So, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I wrote a lot of songs that I thought were kind of catchy and, and fun and he wrote a lot of great, fun and catchy songs too. I, I was more impressed with um, his songs because technically he is a much better musician than me and he did like a lot of experimental stuff. So I was kind of jealous of like his experimental kind of stuff that he would do, but uh, we would just re record songs and, and trade them back and forth and listen. And sometimes, you know, I let him play them for other friends. And there's been other friends who have been asking me for years, Hey, can I hear some of that? And I'm not embarrassed by it, but none of it's recorded particularly well. But yes, back in the day, I used to write a lot of songs, play my guitar a lot and I kind of let that fall by the wayside. And I have, I, I have really, uh, I think, lost every bit of musical ability I ever had. Uh, I can still kind of sing, but not, like I haven't sung in a long time. So sometimes, you know, I don't know. I, but the guitar, I, I had my dad restring my guitar, I think the end of last year. And I thought it would just all come back to me. And it's like, it's like it's like a foreign object. It's like, I've never touched a guitar before. I cannot play it. It sounds like garbage. And, uh, so I am, I'm kind of disappointed. I kind of let all my musical abilities kind of evaporate. So there's no, there's no new songs in the pipe in the pipeline or, or the pike line. However, for, for fans of the show, I did write that fantastic theme song you hear that begins every episode every giant electric penguin episode that theme song that annoying ass theme song <laughs> i wrote that in fact that's probably the last song i ever wrote and i used some weird app and one morning 
when I was dropping my kid off at school, we were in the carpool lane playing around with this app. And it was at that time I, re- I recorded that. And uh, years later, when I decided I needed a theme song for this podcast, I went, oh, there's that shitty <laughs> song that I kind of wrote. Uh, I'll just use that because it's, you know, I'm not going to get sued if I use it. So anyway, no new songs in the pipeline. I'm really sorry. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day I'll really buckle down, teach myself to play the guitar again and write some more of my dumb but catchy pop songs. Man, I want to play that meme report song again. It's so good. Uh, I, I'm afraid that it would seem like I'm trying to like pad out the episode, though. So I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to fight my urge and not do it. I did get an email while I was answering some of your questions. Looks like it's from, uh, let's see. Oh, it's, it's from listener Greg. He always sends fun emails. Let's see what he says in this one. Dear, dear Matt, I think it would be horrible to have to live in the state of Missouri. Oh, Greg, uh, why do I, why do I even read your emails, uh, before before just recording before hitting record i should read greg's emails they're always a little controversial let's get out in front of it it's time to acknowledge the notable people from missouri here we go all right let's see some notable people from your state missouri missourians and i'm so sorry for listener greg what he said it does not reflect my thoughts on missouri but I want to step out in front of it, let everybody who's listening know these are some of the notable people from your state. How about Mark Twain? I know him as Samuel Clemens, but the, uh, the, the bulk of the world knows him as Mark Twain, one of the greatest American humorists of all time. I know whenever I crack open one of his books, which I do it almost, almost weekly, I crack open a Mark Twain, I'm laughing my ass off. My wife will be like, I'm trying to sleep. Could you please stop? I was like, I'm just reading Mark Twain, honey. I can't, I can't help it. When I read a Mark Twain, I'm, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to, I'm going to laugh it up like a hyena. Uh, Josephine Baker, of course, is from Missouri. John Goodman, John Goodman. He's great. Kevin Klein. Uh, I bet you're wearing something from Kevin Klein right now. Look at the waistband of your underpants. It probably says Kevin Klein on it. Pretty notable is what I'm trying to say. Harry S. Truman, the uh, former president. Uh, John Hamm. John Hamm, the handsomest man on the planet. Uh, yeah, he's from Missouri. They, they, they grow him handsome in Missouri, don't they? Yogi Bear, the famous bear. Uh, the uh, famous for stealing picnic baskets. If if you're too young to know, yes, Yogi Bear and his and his pal Boo Boo, they run around Jellystone National Forest stealing picnic baskets. It says here that Yogi Bear's dead. He died in 2015, and I didn't know we lost Yogi Bear. So you know, pour one out for Yogi Bear today. Uh, if you're if you're near something that you can pour out, T- typically it's is it it's alcohol of some kind. But Yogi Bear, a great American, he loved his picnic baskets. You know, a lot of times we say no bears. You know, we say don't feed the bears. <laughs> we say no to them if they if they decide to help themselves. But, you know, in Yogi's case, you know, he walked around like people do. 
and he wore a he wore a hat. He was he was I think he wore a tie. Didn't Yogi Bear wear a tie? <laughs> oh my god. Wait, did Yogi Bear wear a tie? Hang on. I gotta look that up real quick. I don't know if you guys have heard of this um thing called Google, but you can basically type anything into it and it'll bring up like all the information you'd ever want on any topic. And the greatest thing is it's got a liberal bias. So, you know, for liberals like me, it's great. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Yogi Bear wore a tie and he wore like, uh, what do you call that hat? It was like a pork pie hat and uh, real classy guy ran around. He did steal picnic baskets, but like I said, he was witty. He was funny. He, um, you know, he took, he took an orphan bear under his wing to teach him the ways of the forest. You got you to have someone show you the ways of the forest if you're going to survive out there. It's tough. It's rough out in the forest. I don't know if I've ever told you, but I, I lived for five years in the forest. I was abandoned by my parents. They just they wanted to do some thinking. They just had some thinking to do. Thankfully, they decided that, yes, they wanted to be my parents, and they came and got me. But, you know, it would have been really nice if, like, a friendly bear, uh, wearing a tie or not, really, anyone who I could have talked to for those five years. It was a rough time out there in the forest. It really, you really understand the importance of parents, uh, father figures, mother figures, brother figures. Let's not leave the sisters out. It's always nice to have someone take you under their wing and teach you the ways of the forest. Especially if you're lost out there for five years just wandering around. Don Cheadle, of course, uh, from the MCU. We love Don Cheadle. Kathleen Turner. Who... Oh, she, she's the actress. Oh, she played, she played Chandler Bing's father on Friends. Was that, was that what it was? That was bad, right? That didn't age well. <laughs> Kathleen Turner's done other things too, but I, you know, they're not coming to mind, but she's from Missouri. What else do you need to know? Sterling K. Brown from the TV show, This Is Us. That people like that show. Maya Angelou, one of the greatest writers of all time. Grew up in Missouri. I don't need to say anything more than that. Maya Angelou. I mean, drop the mic, right? But here's the thing. Maya Angelou, you'd think, oh, that is the tip of the Missouri mountain. She is the she is the top of the heap. But wait, wait do you hear some of these other names. Vincent Price. That's right. Vincent Price. That, that old creep, isn't he? <laughs> no, no, no. And I don't mean creep as in some sort of like weird sexual creep. He was in all those creepy, scary movies from olden times. I know my mom was just saying I was talking about how much I like horror movies. I, I don't sometimes I'll just walk into a room and just start, you know, forcing my horror movie love on people like why don't you love horror movies? But my, um, we were talking about something. My mom was like, you know, I grew up watching Vincent Price horror movies. Those are the ones I watch. And they're a little tame compared to today's films. And I said, they sure are, Mom. And then, I, and then I gave her a graphic retelling of the plot of Hostel. So, and she, and, and, you know, after the tears stopped, she said, yep, you see, Vincent Price, his movies were a little more tame. And that's true, but the, he was no, no less scary for it. Vincent Price from Missouri. Brad Pitt, love him, love Brad Pitt. George Washington Carver, yeah, uh, you know that peanut butter sandwich you're eating right now? Uh, you wouldn't have that if George Washington Carver didn't say, hey, hey guys, look at this, here's, here's something I call peanut butter, enjoy. So, 
Good on you, Missouri. Scott Bakula, just a just a real gentleman. Evan Peters, we all know Evan Peters. He uh, he's another illustrious member of the MCU. He played my favorite Marvel superhero, Jeffrey Dahmer. Lucas Grabiel, I don't know who that is, but you know what? If you know, you're probably right now going, "Oh my gosh, he's from Missouri! I never knew." Kevin Nealon, funny man, Kevin Nealon. You know, uh, they grow them. They grow them funny out there too in Missouri. Chuck Berry, holy cow! Stop. I mean, stop the list. Chuck Berry, the king of rock and roll. Now, the only the only issue I have with Chuck Berry, if I can just pause for a moment, Chuck Berry wrote one of the worst Christmas songs I've ever heard in my entire life. I hate it. I've always hated it. It's terrible. It's called "Run Rudolph Run." Let's take a look at. Run Rudolph Run, and why I think it might be the worst Christmas song of all time. Starts out great. I mean, that's some classic Chuck Berry rock and roll right there. All right, first of all, he's he's telling Rudolph that he Rudolph's the mastermind. We all know it's Santa. I mean, look, we all felt bad for Rudolph getting bullied by his peers. But uh, he's not the mastermind, okay? Uh, the mastermind is Santa, because, you know, Santa's the one, if you remember the popular song, Rudolph the Red Deer... <laughs> Rudolph the Red Deer Sighted Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? It's foggy on Christmas Eve, and Santa's like, hey, we got, we got a reindeer here! <laughs> We got a reindeer over here with the light-up nose. He can blast a path through the fog. I can deliver the children their video games. We get home in time for supper. I bang my wife. I sleep for 364 days. Whatever Santa Claus does. He goes He goes into hiding, maybe hibernates after Christmas Eve. But according to Chuck Berry, Rudolph, Rudolph's the mastermind of this whole... Actually, I don't know what he's the mastermind of. <laughs> That's the first line in the song. You know you're the mastermind. Now, weird. Not not a terrible lyric. It's it's nonsensical. I, I don't understand what he's talking about. But it gets worse. All right, here we go. All right, right. Now, <laughs> he said, run, run, Rudolph. That's fine. They're not running. They're flying. Whatever. They're Maybe they run to take off. Doesn't matter. That's not what we're here to talk about. The next line after that is, Randolph ain't too far behind. Who's Randolph? Look, we all know the Santa's reindeers. I'm not going to rattle them off right now because we all know them. It'd be insulting to recite their names to you. Randolph's not one of them. So, <laughs> so I don't know who Randolph is. He's not far behind. He ain't far. He ain't too far behind Randolph, but uh, I don't. I don't know who Randolph is. I might have to look into that more. But let's listen to a little bit more of this. This Christmas abomination. That's true. All right. So. I don't know if it's supposed to, I guess it's supposed to be a little tongue-in-cheek. Chuck Berry's having a little bit of fun with the whole Santa mythos. But, uh, the, you know, they're not, they're, not running, they're not running along the freeway. First of all, Santa Slay, as far as I know, pictures I've seen, 
I don't, it, it don't have wheels. So I, I don't, what are we scraping along the freeway? Sparks shooting everywhere. There's reindeers dragging a fat man down the street. It's not happening. So Rud, Rudolph, I, I would say you can't take the freeway down. I would avoid the freeway at all costs on, on at Christmas time. Not because there's going to be a lot of traffic. There probably isn't. People are probably indoors um, with their families. They're around the fire. They're making the chestnuts like we all like we all do on Christmas Eve. But uh, I'm thinking flying in the sky is is going to be much better than taking the freeway anywhere for a sleigh every time. Okay, well, Chuck Berry there says he's reeling like a merry-go-round. So Chuck Berry's drunk. Maybe that explains <laughs> why this song is so bad. Again, classic Chuck Berry, like rock and roll, riff, everything like that. Great voice, never sounded better. These lyrics, though, him being drunk is the only explanation for these lyrics. Maybe Randolph is, is his buddy at the party. Like Randolph is like making the spike the punch or something. Badass, that's right. Just real quick, so Santa talks to a boy child, and the boy child wants an electric guitar, and then once that's put out there, Rudolph's like, I'm on it, boss, and he and he flies off to go grab, I guess, the guitar. I what about the elves? I mean, Chuck, I'm just saying. We're leaving the elves out of the equation now. Now Rudolph's doing everything. Rudolph's the mastermind. Um, he's, you know, he's running off and getting the presents. I mean, what are the elves doing then? Are the elves just sitting on their asses doing nothing? No, they work hard. The elves work hard all year long. Rudolph and Santa, they work one night. They work one night. These elves, they're building, they're building toys all year. And guitars. So a little, I don't know. I don't know, Chuck. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, leaving the elves out seems like a like a major faux pas. Run, run, Rudolph, Santa's gotta make it to town. Santa, make him hurry. Tell him he can take the freeway down. Oh yeah. Run, run, Rudolph, reeling like a merry-go-round. Well, now Rudolph's drunk. We're all getting drunk. All right, so we're taking a little break here. So far, um, you're probably going, Matt, this song slaps, dude. I mean, this is a rock and roll classic. But you're wrong, because the lyrics are so bad, and it's just, it's relentlessly bad. Because we've said this about a million times. We know. Really pushing the freeway, not the best idea. You know, it's a little old now, Chuck. I know there's one more part I hate. I just can't remember. Here we go. A girl child now. Okay. All right. Did you hear that little stutter? Like, whizzing like a saber jet. It was like it was like Chuck Berry was like, "What kind of bullshit should I say now?" Like he's making it up. <laughs> So long. <laughs> it just sounds like 
they're just having a good time. And you know what? Maybe maybe this is the best Christmas song ever because it's just like Chuck Berry and his band, uh, Randolph and the rest of them. They're just like getting drunk on Christmas punch. They're they're riffing on the the Rudolph story. They're like, wouldn't it be hilarious if Rudolph was on the highway and like Santa was his sleigh like passed you on the highway. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, is that Santa Claus on the highway? Maybe this maybe this song's a lot of fun. Maybe I should just shut my fucking mouth. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, I, I hate that song. It's terrible. Let's see. Dick Van Dyke is from Missouri. We all love Dick Van Dyke. Remember, remember him and Mary Poppins? I thought he was from England. That's weird. So they claim here that he is from Missouri, but he's got the thickest British accent I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm going to have to look that up, but we'll look it up later. Gene Harlow, one of Hollywood's bests. Eminem. The rapper Eminem is from Missouri? Wait a minute. As a, as a Michigander, I'm offended by this line of bullshit. What kind of conspiracy theory is this? Eminem. All right, so Marshall Bruce Mathers III was born October 17th, 1972 in St. Joseph, Missouri. Well, I'll be damned. Eminem was born in Missouri. That's a big deal, Missouri. Eminem is what? Is, doesn't, doesn't he call himself the rap god? That seems like some hubris, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> uh, Detroit wants to claim him, especially the citizens of Eight Mile Road. But Eminem, you were born in Missouri. Good on you. Who else? Chris Cooper, love him. Great actor. Don Johnson, king of the cool guys. I mean, what? The 80s. I mean, he defined the, that 80s look. Miami Vice. Honestly, thought he was from Miami. Langston Hughes, Betty Grable, Scott Joplin, they're all from Missouri, dude. Linda Blair, horror royalty. Linda Blair from Missouri. David Keckner, he's a funny dude. He's from Missouri. Laura Ingalls Wilder, what did she write? Life on the Prairie, is that what it's called? No, Home on the, Home on the Prairie. No! Little Home on the Prairie. Laura Ingalls Wilder wrote Little Home on the Prairie. Missouri, you can claim her. This is exciting. Hold on to your hats. Mark Lynn Baker. Cousin Larry Appleton is from Missouri. I'm jealous. I wish Mark Lynn Baker was from where I'm from. Because that guy is pretty great. And of course, last but not least, Sean Gunn. You may know him as the motion capture artist behind Rocket Raccoon. And he's James Gunn's brother. And he's from, he was from Missouri, but James Gunn isn't? I'm confused by how Google, who Google decides to highlight in these notable people lists. Anyway, Missouri, you got a lot of great people from your state. I even skipped a lot of them because of that little detour into <laughs> that horrible Chuck Berry Christmas song. But Missouri, you're great. Don't let listener Greg get you down. Listener Greg, you son of a bitch. You got me in trouble again. Uh, anyway, that was a list of notable people from Missouri. And uh, why, don't we, why don't we wrap up this segment with the meme report theme. <laughs> 
I know I said my only problem with Chuck Berry was run Rudolph run, but that isn't entirely true. Right after I said that, I started thinking, didn't Chuck Berry get in trouble for doing like real weird sex stuff? So I went to Wikipedia just to just to remind myself, because maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was thinking about somebody else. Uh, it turns out I wasn't. Uh, there's a section, there's a whole section on Chuck Berry's Wikipedia page called Physical and Sexual Abuse Allegations. And it goes a little something like this. In 1987, Barry was charged with assaulting a woman at New York's Gramercy Park Hotel. He was accused of causing lacerations of the mouth, requiring five stitches, two loose teeth, and contusions of the face. He pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of harassment and paid a $250 fine. Hmm, okay. Seems like he got the rock and roll star discount, but anyway. In 1990, he was sued by several women who claimed that he had installed a video camera in the bathroom of his restaurant. All right, that's that's what I was thinking of, video cameras in the bathroom. I didn't know Chuck Berry owned a restaurant. We'll look into that in just a second. Berry claimed that he had the camera installed to catch a worker who was suspected of stealing from the restaurant. Was the worker stealing from the bathroom? <laughs> Maybe they were stealing toilet paper. I don't know. That was a big... Toilet paper was a big commodity during the pandemic. This was 1990, though. I don't know. Was there also a run on toilet paper? Although his guilt was never proven in court, Barry opted for a class action settlement. One of his biographers, Bruce Pegg, estimated that it cost Barry over 1.2 million plus legal fees. His lawyer said he had been the victim of a conspiracy to profit from his wealth. During this time, Barry began using Wayne T. Schoenberg as his legal counsel. Very important to have that in the Wikipedia article. I'm, I'm sure Wayne T. Schoenberg added that little sentence himself. <laughs> Reportedly, a police raid on his house found intimate videotapes of women, one of whom was apparently a minor. Oh, Chuck, no. Also found in the raid were 62 grams of marijuana. Felony drug and child abuse charges were filed. The child abuse charges were eventually dropped. Did she suddenly stop being a minor <laughs> on the video? And Barry agreed to plead guilty to misdemeanor possession of marijuana. He was given six month he was given a six-month suspended jail sentence, placed on two years unsupervised probation, and was ordered to donate five thousand dollars to a local hospital. Later, videos Barry recorded of himself urinating on a woman and another of her defecating on him would surface. Good times. <laughs> another thing, I, I, it was just too, it was too mysterious not to look it up. In Run Rudolph Run, that's right, we're talking even more about this song I hate. He mentions Randolph not being far behind. I was like, what is that? Who's Randolph? That didn't just come out of nowhere. My guess was that it was a bandmate or something, just like a funny joke that none of us understood. Well, I did once again use the great site Google and looked it up, and it's explained here. This is from Song Facts. It's possible that Barry was referencing Randolph the Flat-Nosed Reindeer, which was a country novelty tune from 1953 by Homer and Jethro, a duo known for satirizing popular songs. Let's listen to this song, Randolph the Flat-Nosed Reindeer. I mean, the title alone, 
leads one to, to peals of laughter. <laughs> Here we go. This is Homer and Jethro, Randolph the Flat-Nosed Reindeer. Well, there's some sleigh bells. back when is this back when satire was was not funny like because that was a time right when when people would do satire well you know satire isn't always funny actually anyway let's hear some more of this bullshit <laughs> This is gross. This this so this song posits that Santa is doing horrible experiments on his reindeer. Now, rather than play this song and possibly get in trouble, I, I don't know if Homer and Jethro's relatives are going to come after the podcast for playing their song on the show. Let's look up the lyrics to this heartwarming Christmas classic I've never heard of till right this second. Let's see what other horrors await us. Randolph the Flat-Nosed Reindeer. Here are the lyrics to Randolph the Flat-Nosed Reindeer. All right, here we go. Randolph the Flat-Nosed Reindeer had a funny-looking snout. So Santy cut his nose off just to try and smooth it out. All right. And when they sewed his nose on, Santy sewed it upside down. Now every time the rain falls, poor old Randy nearly drowns. Horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Randolph, with your nose so flat, won't you tell me where I'm at? Huh? Then Randy took a deep breath, and he looked so very strange. We're out behind the stockyards. How I wish the wind would change. Oh, so he just took a big whiff of shit. That's what happened. All right. Randy tried to hitch a ride one cold December day. He jumped on the back of a Chevrolet, and the backfire took his breath away. Randolph the flat-nosed reindeer wished his nose would glow instead. But it will never light up, because his batteries are dead. So, so what we have here is the, what I like to call the opposite of comedy. <laughs> also, somewhere on, on this planet... We shared the planet Earth with someone whose favorite musical act is Homer and Jethro. <laughs> You've got to know that. That, you, that your neighbor or your step-uncle or some weirdo you work with who always like prints out jokes from the internet and puts them in your mailbox. They love... Homer and Jethro. Something wrong with your nose. I mean, you talk kind of funny. What's so funny about the way I talk? As far as Chuck Berry's restaurant, 
I did find this restaurant called Blueberry Hill, which that's a Fats Domino song, I think. Why, if it was Chuck Berry's restaurant, why didn't he call it something like Maybelline's or Johnny B. Goods, something like that? But anyway, it's called Blueberry Hill. But I was reading there about us, or, or not about us, but our story. And it doesn't, they don't really talk a lot about Chuck Berry being a part of the restaurant. I, mean, I can understand why some of the things Chuck Berry did later in his, uh, his life. But they do mention that he was a part of the, I, I guess this restaurant has like a, a, a performance space attached to it. And Chuck Berry was a big part of, of developing that. Because he he wanted he wanted the feel of the old days. Apparently, Chuck Berry was sick and tired of playing stadiums, stadium shows, and he wanted to get back to playing in the clubs. And so they built this thing called the Duck Room on Blueberry Hill. So I I, I guess that's the Chuck Berry restaurant where women were being filmed in the toilet. I don't know. Anytime I look at a restaurant, I like to look at the at the food selection. I like to look at the menu. I mean, maybe one day I'll be in St. Louis, Missouri, like going, oh, man, I'm hungry. Where should I go eat? And go, oh, Blueberry Hill, that pervert Chuck Berry's restaurant. So I wanted to see you know, if I went there, if there'd be some interesting things on the menu, like Chuck Berry-themed things, like, like a poo-poo platter or something like that, or a Chuck Berry-themed drink. Uh, so... There are there are these things called cheddar cheese balls, which I guess this place is pretty famous for. They're irresistible fried cubes of cheddar cheese served with salsa. That's interesting. Fried balls of cheese with salsa. That I think I want I want that for lunch. Is there a place near me that serves that? <laughs> anyway, it's pretty standard appetizers. You got your you know, you got your mushrooms, your stuffed mushrooms, your mozzarella sticks, your fried pickles. I don't know if you've ever had fried pickles, um, listeners, but if you haven't, run out and get some fried pickles as fast as you can. Uh, Fried pickles are like the food of the gods as far as I'm concerned. Pretty standard side orders, tater tots, onion rings. Um, You can get a scoop of tuna salad as a side order. That's weird. Uh, they've got soups and salads. They got a chili that it's award winning. Apparently, the the chili's award winning. So get in there and that's that's always fun is looking at a menu and seeing you know where they like some menus will put a little icon uh, here at Blueberry Hill. There's a little star and it lets you know. I guess those are like the the favorites people come to get. And the people who come to get that award winning chili, they come to get the gazpacho at Blueberry Hill. Of course, we got some burgers, the famous seven ounce hamburger, award winning again, another award winning food. Wow, Blueberry Hill must be the most award winningest restaurant ever. <laughs> Everything's award winning. Well, let's see some other famous sandwiches over here. They have the turkey on brioche, sadly not award winning. <laughs> I think I'm gonna skip it. If it didn't win an award, I don't want it in my mouth. Ooh, pastrami on a pretzel roll. That sounds pretty good. That's a, that sounds like a pretty awesome uh, meal. Uh, they have vegetarian specials at Blueberry Hill. That's good. Not, I mean, actually, it looks like they're just kind of repeating. The gazpacho is there, too. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> We've got vegan options, sure. There's the gazpacho from earlier. 
Not a lot of choices for kids. This doesn't seem... This seems like bullshit. One of the kids' meals is three mozzarella sticks. That's a ripoff. Three mozzarella sticks? Of course, at Blueberry Hill, you can get blueberry pie for dessert. Looks pretty good. But, uh, yeah, as far as... there's, no, It doesn't really seem to be anything um, Chuck Berry-themed at this restaurant. So... I don't know. This is the first... When I looked up Chuck Berry Restaurant, Blueberry Hill is the first thing that comes up, but maybe that's not his... Oh, but then it, then then there's some... You know, Google will, will come up with some questions. These people come on here and they ask certain questions. And one of the questions is, did Chuck Berry own Blueberry Hill? So, so Blueberry Hill owner Joe Edwards became close friends with Chuck Berry in the early 80s, and in 1996, he and Chuck... We're talking one night and thought it would be great if Chuck Berry played a monthly concert series at Blueberry Hill. So, so it's not his restaurant. He just came in and played music at at Blueberry Hill. So, I mean, why? <laughs> so why was he given access to the women's room where he could install his little cameras? Look, I'll play a monthly concert, Joe. I'd be I'd be happy to do it. But uh, I'm going to have to put some cameras in the, in the women's bathroom because I've heard people have been stealing and we got to We got to bust these these uh, these uh, robbers who are clearly women and uh, women who are also using the bathroom. <laughs> they're robbing the store. And then before they run out, before they run out with their ill gotten goods, they're, they're going to uh, stop off in the bathroom to take a piss. Why did Chuck Berry name his restaurant Blueberry Hill? Well, did he name it? Blueberry Hill is famous because Chuck Berry played its duck room. Yeah. Named in honor of Berry's dance step. Okay. So I guess the duck, he did a dance step called the duck? I don't, I don't know. We'll save that for a different episode. No visitor to St. Louis failed to check out a Berry show if he happened to be in town. All right. Uh, how about some reviews for the restaurant? Let's check out some of these Google reviews. And, you know, it's 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 always more fun if you go straight to the lowest reviews. But let's let's read a review from three months ago first. This is a four out of five star review from three months ago. We'll start off with a good one and then we'll take a look at a bad one. And then we'll wrap this Chuck Berry retrospective up. Uh, let's see. John K says... I had their famous seven-ounce hamburger and buffalo fries. Asked for the burger to be cooked medium, and it came out medium well. Well, they tried. The buffalo fries were great, hot and spicy. Our server, Jacqueline, was excellent. She was friendly and came by our table frequently. We threw darts while lunch was cooking. I used to play frequently during college. All right, John. You know, we don't need your life story. You can see artists perform in either the Duck Room or Elvis Room. Oh, so Elvis's room gets named after Elvis, but the Duck Room is named after Chuck Berry's signature dance move. Well, I guess if you, I guess if there's a video out there of you being shit on, uh, maybe a restaurant doesn't want to <laughs> doesn't want to highlight you in the name of their music room. Uh, I saw the owner Joe Edwards leave as I was walking in. So who, who cares? <laughs> I think it's great that he know, he knows Joe Edwards by sight. I guess Joe Edwards is a local legend. Uh, I love all the pictures of celebrities on the wall. If you want a quieter meal, sit on the left side by the dart room. Where I'll be playing darts and crowing about my, uh, dart, my dart playing days back in college, says John Kay. 
The open dining room on the right side has some great tables by the window. You can park on the street or... What does this guy care about parking? All right. Thanks, John. All right, let's look. This is from... Uh, let's see. This is from a year ago. And uh, this is from someone named King... Their last name is King Ming. And uh, they give it a one-star review. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Blueberry Hill. The wings were extremely dry and service was horrible. Placed an order over phone... Over the phone... And asked if my meal came with fries and was told yes. Well, of course. That, that's got to excite anybody, but something must have happened. Once I got to the restaurant and, and checked my meal, I noticed I didn't have any fries. But more like chips. Oh, there's nothing more disappointing when you go out for lunch or dinner and you're like really craving fries. And then the place is like, oh, we don't have fries, but we have our famous house-made chips. Fuck house-made chips. House-made chips suck. You know what? If there's a place with good house-made chips, let me know. Giantpengypodcast at gmail.com. And I'll go have I'll go have them. But anytime I'm going to a place they're making homemade chips, if the choice is like, we make our own homemade chips, or there's also French fries, I'm choosing the French fries. I don't care if they're just taking the French fries out of the freezer and tossing them in the fryer. House-made chips can go to straight to hell. Anyway... King Ming got some got some chips, and he was pissed. Let's see what happened. I let the server at the bar know my meal was incorrect, and I explained I should have fries, which I confirmed over the phone. What he said to me was, well, it's too late for that, since my meal was made and they were busy. The servers are more concerned with selling a drink to the customers at the bar versus the customers who place orders. Well, I mean... Is that weird? <laughs> I feel it's not too late for anything if I'm paying my money and I haven't left this establishment yet. I waited another six minutes for another worker to approach me and ask what I was waiting for. I informed her I was waiting on fries. Damn it. I added the damn it. <laughs> she proceeded to tell me she could tell me she could charge me, which was unacceptable. After telling her I wanted a refund for everything because I did not appreciate the encounter. And just overall experience, she went ahead and corrected the item. While handling me, oh, oh, while handing me, <laughs> I was like, while handing me my food, there was no communication of, sorry about that, here you go, have a nice night, anything, as if I upset her. I definitely should not have gotten to that point, but moving forward, this will be my last time patronizing this establishment. The workers are not very friendly. Well, they're under threat of being videotaped in the bathroom at all times, so I understand that, King Ming. The owner did respond. Is this Joe himself? Uh, I'm sorry this was your experience. It sounds to me like you got our buffalo fries, which are just a different shape seasoned fry. I'm sorry for the interaction you received. Fridays are a busy night for us, and we are currently shorthanded and working our hardest. I gotta say, I'm kind. Of, I'm on the. Uh, I'm on the management side. Look, I've always said this. Uh, that whole that whole idea that the customer is always right, I disagree with it. I think the saying should go, the customer is always wrong and usually an asshole. <laughs> and I've never really worked in food service. I, I kind of dabbled in food service. I never had any bad experiences, but I but the the poor servers and people at these restaurants have bad customers all the time. And 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 uh, I, I I I never think it's their fault. Um, if if someone's a little surly to you. At a restaurant, I'm sure something happened like right before you walked in. I'm sure it has nothing to do with you. So maybe maybe calm down. 
Also, I did see the buffalo fries on the Blueberry Hill menu, and they do kind of look like chips, but they also kind of look awesome. Let's let's look at one more review. This is from three months ago. This is pretty. This is a pretty recent review for Blueberry Hill. Uh, this is from Miss Horn. Miss Horn is saying, uh, "It sucks." <laughs> Okay, don't uh, don't hold back. Great place to go if you want a flimsy pickle, squirt string cheese on hamburger. What? And paper plates. Oh, and the awful French onion soup, which bread with butter on both sides. I don't even understand that. Highly recommend if you want to chase down the waiter to get the bill to get out of this horrific disco building. I think it's safe to say Horn did not enjoy it. Uh, the, the owner did write back, I'm sorry this was your experience. Please consider giving us another shot. What is squirt string cheese? Sounds gross. Uh, I, I can't... It, it's like I cannot stop reading bad reviews for places. <laughs> one more. One more. Uh, this is from uh, Mr. Lyons. Uh, he went. He went to Blueberry Hill about seven months ago. He dined in, and he had dinner. And he arrived. Uh, we arrived at five twenty on a Saturday night, where we were seated promptly, but didn't get our food until seven forty. Well, come on. There's so much to do at Blueberry Hill. I mean, Chuck Berry might be in there playing a concert. Uh, there's darts. Like one guy played darts. It took over two hours to get our food, with no mention from the waitress during that time. That's weird. Uh, the chicken noodle soup that was supposed to be award winning. <laughs> Tasted like you've been sitting for several days. Yeah, hey, Mr. Lyons, the guy writing this review, you should know that according to the menu, everything's award-winning at this restaurant. If everything's award-winning, that means nothing is. I will admit the burger was fantastic. Well, there you go. But other than that, it was spotty. So it was fantastic, but also spotty. Hmm. Were there spots on it? I wanted this to be a lot better than it was. I felt bad for our waitress. We tried to be nice. It didn't seem overly busy. Very disappointed. Two words. Well, Joe responded to this. He says, I'm sincerely sorry this was your experience. We are currently working on building our staff after COVID hit. Our staff is working extra hard and on weekends it can get really busy really fast. And being that it is a block-wide restaurant, it can seem not so packed when it really is. I hope you give us another shot. Look, I don't like to end on a downer. And it, it's not, Joe, Joe reaches out and tries to, uh, you know, tries to make things better. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, Joe. Let's, uh, let's, let's go out on a high note. Let's read the highest star rating ever given. And that's from someone named Morgan Alford. And this is from 11 months ago. Morgan ate at Blueberry Hill. And gave it five stars. Five big yellow stars here on, on Google. And Morgan writes, Just wandered in off the street. The sign pulled my attention. Collectibles all over. Interesting aesthetic. Not bad by any means. It was enjoyable to look around. The bartender who made my drink had a pleasant energy. Overall, pretty good experience for just coming in to have a couple of drinks. Joe says, so glad you enjoyed your visit.
following news report. This just in, Martin ate the last piece of birthday cake. Oh my god, Jeff, dude, I knew you were mad about something. Well, it was my cake. It was my birthday. Yeah, but Jeff, what did you say, man? What did you say? You were standing at the fridge, and you said, there's one piece of birthday cake left. Anybody can have it. Who wants it? I was just being nice. People are nice. Yeah, you know what? Now you're being a crybaby. Oh, whatever, it was the last piece. It should have been mine. That's all. My birthday, my cake, should have been my last piece. All right, piece. all right. Well, you know what? If it'll make Jeff feel better, why don't you have the rest of the candy in my Easter basket, huh? The rest of my leftover candy. Oh, fuck you! You know what? This just in. I don't have a best friend anymore. Oh, come on, Jeff. <laughs> what, you're gonna cry now? Come on, man. There's a whole row of peeps in this basket. I hate peeps. You like peeps. Oh, come Jeff. Jeff. So before Giant Electric Penguin, I made a lot of forays, I guess, into the world of podcasting that completely failed and fell apart. That last little sketch was from one of those attempts, probably the most successful attempt. And by most successful, I mean, I did six episodes of it, posted it on some obscure down, download site. I, I, I could not tell you where it's posted. I was done back when I lived in that aforementioned apartment with my friend, when I wasn't recording songs to share with my friend, I was recording this podcast. I did six episodes, and they're all stored on my old computer, which I recently pulled out of the uh, closet in my office and booted up, and it's very slow. But once I turn it on and get everything kind of loaded up, it, it, it... you know, it's it's pretty quick once, you know, you got to wait a couple days for everything to get booted up. But it's got all these old podcasts, all the all the various podcasts I did over the years uh, and, and failed at. And I'm hoping in, you know, future episodes I can post some of those uh, th- so you can hear them. So they can be heard because a lot of them... And I involved my friends. I got my friends involved. I got them very excited about, hey, let's do a podcast. And then we'd record one or two. And then, excuse me, then things got too hard and I would abandon it. (laughs) I like, well, I don't, I don't know how to edit this or I don't know how to get this posted on uh, online. You know, like, like I mentioned, I'm lazy. So I let my laziness kind of get the best of me and. It's sort of why, you know, and I I don't know, it's sort of why I'm anxious or, you know, nervous, which I guess is the same thing. (laughs) Trepidatious, is that that a word? To ask my friends to appear on this podcast because I've screwed them over so many times. But I thought maybe in, you know, episodes of this podcast, I can go back and look at all the things that led to Giant Electric Penguin podcast. So I thought I'd play a couple more things from this, this one. This was, uh, this podcast was called, and now the next show. And it was kind of just me sitting at my computer coming up with an idea I thought might be funny recording it. And if it was funny, if it wasn't funny, I would just, just record it and have it. I'd have this episode. I don't know where you can find these. I think they're languishing online somewhere. I don't even remember where they are. So this will be the official official home of them. The official home is this computer <laughs> that only I have access to. But 
Um, let me let me see if I can find a couple more bits from here that might be amusing uh, to kind of round out this special Memorial Day episode. Let's let's in in a, in a sense let's memorialize the uh, the podcast um, that I did before this. Uh, let's look back at the origins of Giant Electric Penguin. So uh, on this episode, we're going to take a look at uh, and now the next show. If you were to die right now, do you know where you would spend eternity? If you set up in heaven with Jesus and all the angels, you're probably wrong. Also, a man from Colombia balances a tractor on his nose and tells me why abortion is wrong for everyone. That, and I'll be drinking in the studio tonight on Golf Chat. Listen to Golf Chat every night after Monkey Roundtable. Dear Dad, why did you drink? Was it because I was bad at sports? Tater Town, Tater Town, we love Tater Town. Tater Town, Tater Town, we love Tater Town. Having fun, going to church, learning about God, going back to church again. Tater Town, Tater Town, we love you. Tater Town! <laughs> Baby Chat! Hi, welcome to Baby Chat. I'm Danny. I'm glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk to Billy Martin. He took his first steps this weekend. Billy, what was it like to take your first steps this weekend? Wow. Where did you walk, Billy? Wow. All the way to the bottom of the stairs? Boy, I'll bet you'd be excited when you can walk up those stairs all by yourself. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I guess pretty soon you'll be potty trained. Oh, whoops. Looks like I've upset him. It's not just our love, there's also sex. Whenever we do it, I wonder when we'll do it next. When's the next time for sex? Now let's go to our baby in the aisle seat. Here's Sarah Jordan to tell us her review for the new film, Mission Impossible 3, Sarah. Sometimes it's great to get a baby's perspective on the movies. Hey kids, it's time for Uncle Peter's Breakfast Club. Those sparrows fly up in heaven, and squirrels hide nuts in the trees. 
That's comedy right there. I mean, impressions and falling. Everything else, you know, usually isn't that funny to me. But if people are falling and doing impressions of other people, in fact, if people are doing impressions and then they fall, well, now I've said too much. Please welcome Barry. Barry, it's nice to meet you. Yes, hello, what? Barry, it's nice to have you here. Yes. Um, let's just... Start right off with one of your favorite impressions. I pity the fool who won't pay his rent. <laughs> that is pretty good. That's incredible. That's an incredible Mr. T. That is my landlord, Arnold oh. Johnson. He sounds just like Mr. T. Have you ever noticed that? I don't know who Mr. T is, but that is Arnold Johnson oh. right there. There were rumors about it all day, kids, but it's true. Clowny's coming up the hill with his magical sack. Well, hello, everybody. Wow, everyone's here. What are y'all doing? Hey, Clowny. What do you got for us this time in your magical sack? Last time it was jelly beans that tasted like sunshine. Well, I reckon I don't know. Let's take a gander. Oh, Billy, you're going to love what's in my magic sack this week. It's rainbows. Yay! Oh, wait. What's this? There's an envelope in my sack. Let's look at it together. Well, apparently, my wife is serving me with divorce papers. Yay! No, Billy, you don't understand. My life is over. Pastor Giggles! Churchy! Pastor Giggles! What is all that racket? Rodney, it's the middle of the night. What do you want? I found out what my spiritual gift is. It has been locked up inside of me all along. It's late, Rodney. Why don't you just come... Wait, wait. Listen. See? It's my spiritual gift. Uh, Rodney, that's not really what I was... Hooray! Uh, Rodney, <laughs> that's not really what I was talking about. That's not a spiritual gift. Yeah. But you sure know how to make me laugh. Well, that's a spiritual gift, right? Not really. All right, well, that was self-indulgent. <laughs> anyway, that was in Now the Next Show, some, some clips from that podcast I did uh, many, many years ago. And that's the end of our Memorial Day episode of Giant Electric Penguin. I want to wish you all a happy Memorial Day. Once again, all the uh, troops out there, thank you for your service. And I want to send out a special birthday message to Darman. It's Darman's birthday. And uh, just a special happy birthday for me to you, Darman. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep reaching for the stars. We'll see you next time with more podcast. Bye.